Hi, friend. Hi, hi, hi. How are you? No, really, how are you? I want to invite you to answer aloud like it's just me and you. Go ahead. Go ahead and answer aloud. How are you? Whatever your response, I want to remind you this present moment, this one, is large enough to hold you, all of you, however you're showing up in this moment. I wanted to do a, a deep and intentional check in with you because I mean for a multitude of reasons right and and one of those being uh this is a special edition of the for the world builders podcast because it's also going to double as a workshop and in the cedar world retreat every single workshop we ground our sensorium we breathe into the space that we're sharing the present moment that we're sharing right? Uh, we breathe into the digital space uh, to make room for our physical selves and, and the time zones that we're tuning in from, like folks in the Cedar World Retreat are tuning in from uh, uh, Zurich and um, the Ivory Coast and uh, LA and um, Germany, right? All of these different places, uh, the States, the East Coast, right? So um, we ground our in the UK, we ground our sensorium together uh, and breathe together kind of uh, to, to honor the current moment that we're all sharing digitally. Um, but I asked you how you were and didn't get to share uh, how I'm showing up right here, right now with you. Um, and if I'm honest, y'all, if I'm honest, family, my anguish really did threaten to drop into despair this weekend. Um, the bombardment in Gaza has begun again. Um, and lifting the siege is the first step. Then a complete end to the occupation in a free Palestine is the next. Um, ceasefire no longer feels um, complete enough for what needs to happen in the face of all of this uh, just abject terror. It's it's just absolute terror at this point. Um, absolute violence, violence isn't even the word. I mean, absolute genocide, that doesn't even feel like a word complete enough anymore. Um, but I saw online someone uh, called us in and said that, you know, Calling for a ceasefire is, you know, asking for both sides to stop, um, to kind of stop, uh, quote unquote, defending themselves, right? Which would, which also calls for the oppressed to have to stop defending themselves against uh, what is very clearly um, an attempt at ethnic cleansing and uh, like real time colonization. Being streamed from every screen, whether it's phones or or, or computers or TVs, um, and that doesn't feel 
in alignment in, in, in alignment with what the demands of the Palestinian people um, are. And, and really, the demand is to, to lift the siege and um, in the occupation. So uh, I'm I'm kind of like you know all of that was whirling inside of my body this weekend. Um, and uh, you know what has really truly I want to shout y'all out like shout out to y'all I want to thank you um what has you know truly been gathering and holding me is witnessing the direct action of my creative comrades and complete strangers online and um and like and around me um I see you I see you I see you I see you keep going keep going I know we're tired, but that means we catch our breath by leaning on each other, resting our arm on each other, resting our head on each other, taking a quick nap, right? And then continuing again. It doesn't stop. This practice doesn't stop until collective liberation. And then even then, right, we are practicing the tools and practicing the frameworks and ways of being that help steward and, and maintain and nurture uh, and sustain collective liberation. Um, so find your breathing tube, friends. Find your breathing tube and keep going, right? Ask yourself, what's your peephole in the legacy of Harriet Jacobs, right? What is your peephole? What is your, um, what is your loophole of retreat? In uh, speaking, Speaking of loophole of retreat, um, the gods bless DC with Simone Yvette um, Lee's show uh, at the Hirschhorn. Uh, it watered my will this weekend. My breathing tube has always been Black feminist beauty, right? Christina Schott reminds us beauty is a method. And I'm actually unconcerned about being on the quote unquote right side of history. Uh, and I think that's something that we, you know, came up with to appeal to the egos of our oppressors. Uh, but we know as oppressed folks, we have very little control over how they tell our story anyway, or what story gets told. Um, so there's little power in that appeal. Um, but there's actually immense, immense, uncalculable, uh, infinite power in Tony K. Bombara's invitation, right, or, or, or prompt or question, right, which is how might we make revolution irresistible as artists, as cultural workers, as caretakers, right? How? And I want to come, like, I want to invite us into the possibility that one possible way is that we live into the present. We return to the beauty in the present. We love for the present, for the breath in our lungs now. We shout with the breath in our lungs now. We sing with the breath in our lungs now. Knowing our song will reverb across linear time to those before us and those who will come after us. Our song will live in the bodies of the generations to come. And that's the work I want to concern myself with. Expanding our capacity to sing in the present. Embodying 
the evidence that we are worthy of beauty now. Now, we don't have to wait until the fall of empire to find new ways to breathe. I see my practice as one big exercise in breath work. As I've realized my courage and possibility is literally infinite inside my breath. Right, Alexis Pauline Gums reminds us of this truth as well. Um, and Fritz Perls reminds us that fear is simply excitement without breath. Hey, so we're gonna breathe into this thing, <laughs> okay? You know, and I understand my work is expanding our capacity to breathe, right? Creating space to sing now. So our efforts may be a map for tomorrow. And inside of the Cedar World Retreat, this actually looks like imagining, building and releasing a creative offer that will fund our practice so that we may divest from institutions, brands, organizations, employers who are unable to make space for our breath, right? Because their work, their job is upholding the mandates of white supremacy, right? So they're actually unable to make space for all of the breath work that I was just talking about. Some are, but maybe the ones uh, that you're affiliated with aren't, at least not in this current moment, right? So enrollment for the winter retreat session opens in January. So I want to invite us to spend the month of December actually nurturing our curiosity around the offer that we might create uh, in the retreat or outside of the retreat um, using the creative offer questionnaire to oneself. Um, if this sounds familiar, uh, it's inspired by the Audre Lord uh, questionnaire to oneself, a tool adapted from Lord's essay, uh, The Transformation of Silence into Language in Action by Divya Victor. Uh, so if you're looking for the Audre Lord questionnaire to oneself, I'll link to it in the show notes. You can also just Google it uh, and it'll pop right up. But this tool, this Audre Lord questionnaire to oneself is a tool I've actually been using inside of my creative practice, inside of my art practice for the last like four years. So it feels right to explore uh, a CETA school adaptation. Um, and as I mentioned, we're going to kind of treat this podcast as a little mini workshop. We're gonna do this together. So if you haven't uh, already, go ahead and head over to cetaschool.com backslash questionnaire. I'll also, this link will also be in the show notes to get your own copy and follow along with us. So feel free if you want to do this in real time and um, you're not walking or cooking or driving or multitasking, um, go ahead, pause the podcast, head over to cedarschool.com backslash questionnaire uh, and get your own copy and follow along with us. Um, inside of this um, questionnaire to oneself are, are four questions that are going to help you kind of locate and decide on your creative offer. But there's also a series of Audre Lorde quotes that you can literally cut out. 
I've created these little shapes where you can literally cut them, print out the, the, the questionnaire, cut out the quotes and literally paste them or post them or tape them to your refrigerator, to your mirror, to your laptop, to your bedroom wall, to your kitchen wall, uh, to the middle of your steering wheel, right? Whatever you need uh, to return to all of like the juicy wisdom that Audre Lorde invites us into. Um, so go ahead, download your copy and let's go ahead and dive into it and think through these questions together. Um, these four questions are actually based on um, the offer intersection tool that we use in week three of the Cedar World Retreat to locate and uh, go ahead and decide on your creative offer, right? Our decision-making is a very is a very loving act that we can do for ourselves and our community. Um, so let's use these questions to start making some decisions around what offer, what creative offer we may present to the communities we care about. First question, what are the three skills I've practiced and am most interested in continuing to nurture? List only the three skills that water your curiosity. So in reflecting on this, for me, like the three skills that water my curiosity, the three skills that, that I'm interested in like um, continuing to cultivate and develop are like Black feminist pedagogies, Black feminist research, Black feminist rehearsal, Black feminist ways of teaching and being, right? That that That's a, like, a, like a skill, an embodied skill that I want to um, continue returning to and it nurtures my curiosity, right? I can't help but continue to return to it. Um, it's just something, it's just something that I'm gonna, I know I can kind of trust myself to con and, and alter, I can trust myself to continue to return to. Um, the second skill for me is like writing and speculation. Like writing and speculative fiction are um like 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 a skill that again waters my curiosity. I keep returning to it, I keep wanting to become better at it, right? So that's one of my skills that I've listed. The third is craft. And under the banner of craft, I like to include my four C's um, inside of my art practice, which are code, clay, cotton, right? I do a lot of um, textile, fiber art, and then also uh, cattle more recently. I've been experimenting with um, using uh, leather, scraps of leather to think about like the entanglement of um, Black women's bodies and labor and biotechnology. Um, so Black feminist pedagogies, research, rehearsal, writing slash speculation um, and craft are three tools that I want to concern myself or three skills that I want to concern myself <laughs> or that I'm eager to concern myself with getting better at. So what are, ask yourself, what are your three tools in, or, or what are your three skills um, inside of your practice? Second question, how have I been transformed? Or in what ways has life transformed me? This is a big one, y'all. This is a big, juicy one, right? So I want you to list the challenges, struggles, or desires you cultivated, tools, processes, strategies, or mindset mindset um, shifts to address. So 
How have I been transformed or in what ways has life transformed me? This is a big juicy open question because there are a multitude of ways life is transforming us every second, right? We are constantly changing just like the ecosystems um, that are surrounded by us when we leave our front door or that we are surrounded by when we leave our front door. But I would say kind of like the most, the 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 pivotal moment for me, like the biggest like shift um, in uh, my, my life so far, I would say has been... Um, Going through the experience of being like an overworked nine of fiver who abandoned their creative practice for years, years in the name of external validation and the name of seeking worthiness outside of everything but myself, right? Y'all have heard me tell this story before. Um, the burnout, the anxiety, the depression quite literally in 2020 brought me to my knees and forced me to slow down, forced me to become like still, right? Forced me into this stillness, forced me into this surrender, right? It halted me in my tracks. I couldn't run anymore. I couldn't run from my fear anymore. I couldn't run from my self-abandonment anymore. And world building inside of my art practice literally saved me, right? And that period of picking back up the pieces is where I was able to really kind of um, uh, cultivate these skills and processes and strategies and mindset shifts that uh, I share inside of my offer, my creative offer, the Cedar World Retreat, and that I share with you inside of the offer that is my newsletter, right? Uh, the offer that is this podcast. Um, so that really was the catalyst. That moment was the catalyst for me to um, literally, literally <laughs> reshape my life through the framework of world building, redesign my life through the framework of world building and, and through the framework of my desire. Um, what was the catalyst for you? Right. And odds are that catalyst probably has inspired some sort of tools or processes or strategies or ways of looking at the world that you could share with us that we could benefit from. So think on that. Question number three. Who do I dream of serving with the skills I've cultivated through my journey of transformation? Right. So that catalyst that we were just talking about, the catalyst that you um, were just reflecting on. Who do I dream of serving with the skills I've cultivated through my journey of transformation? Meditate on the communities you care about and list the struggles, challenges or desires that they may be facing. Right. This is a big, juicy, delicious one, too. Right. Because this is about generosity. This is about service. This is about showing up for folks and showing up for the people we care about and want to show up for and want to pour into because they poured into us in a lot of ways. Um, and so I want to share a snippet from the newsletter. The most recent newsletter is called What is Your Creative Offer? A Questionnaire to Oneself. And in that newsletter that was published on December 4th uh, was where this um, this like PDF that we're working through uh showed up first. And in that newsletter, I say, 
Maybe your primary source of income is coming from an academic institution upholding white supremacy, a nonprofit who isn't practicing what it preaches, a full-time job that mandates your silence, or influencer contracts with brands who refuse to make room for your anti-colonial political analysis. While there is no perfect scenario for generating income while inside of capitalism, we can begin the work of divestment right now where we are with what we have, right? So when I think about who I dream of serving through the skills I've cultivated through my personal journey of transformation, I think about all the other burnt out nine to fivers who are working or, you know, just left a job uh, that was in misalignment with the needs of their bodies, their creative desires and their values, or just fired from a job that was actually uh, in misalignment with their needs, their bodies, um, their creative desires and their values. And just by virtue also of the town that I grew up in, y'all, I don't know if you know, I grew up in Prince George's County, I'm about 30 minutes outside of DC, literally right outside of DC, depending on what area of the county you're in. Um, and that means I grew up in a town of federal workers. And an interesting fact about uh, Prince George's County, I don't know if it, this is still true, but at one point, it was um, like the, the the wealthiest black county in the nation, in the United States. Um, and this is largely because, in a lot of ways, because of the federal government. So we have a mix of people who are federal workers and a mix of people who are like government contractors or have, you know, um, very well-paying contracts with the federal government. Right? And I'm thinking about the moms and the aunties and the sisters who have lifted entire families out of generational poverty through working for the federal government, through the income of the federal government. Um, I'm thinking about my mom who just celebrated 40 years working for the Department of Education. I have best friends who are working for the federal government right now. I have cousins who are working for the federal government, aunts who are in a, a very comfortable retirement because of all of that labor, right? And I think about them because they're in an interesting situation, right? And I think about them and ask, how might they divest and maintain their income and their politic of care? their black feminist politic of care, even if they don't name it in that way. I've seen it in practice, right? A lot of these federal workers have like this, um, this like um, black feminist politic of care for folks in more precarious positions than them. And you've probably seen this play out too in your communities. Maybe there's like that one auntie, uncle, uh, family member who's like working in tech and paying everybody bills, right? That one entrepreneur, you know, who is exercising a black feminist politic of distributing 
uh, their resources and their income for family members and folks in their community who are just in much more precarious situations than them, right? My um, my mom worked for the federal government for 40 years and uh, that gave me access to uh, a middle-class life, an upper middle-class life, right? Um, where we would live in houses, you know, I the house I grew up in in high school was a five bedroom house. But guess what? I have never lived in a house in my entire childhood where rooms were empty, <laughs> where guest rooms weren't filled with family members. Right. I had my own room um, in, in during childhood, but there were multiple years, multiple periods of time where I was sharing a bed with a cousin. I would say for most of the time I would, you know, sharing a bed with someone else, right? And so I think about what divestment looks like for them. And I think about how can we, uh, how can they possibly locate their creative desire, their creative spirit, tap into that and create an offer that we can all orient around um, and breathe inside of. Um, so they can transition their income from it being kind of reliant on working for uh, the empire that is the United States and the West into um, uh, income that comes from the people they dream of serving anyway through their Black feminist politics, whether it's named that or not. So that's what came up for me inside of question number three. I wonder what's coming up for you and who you dream of serving. Uh, last question here. And this one, it's like a last but not least kind of thing, right? Number four, what creative offers or practitioners are mirrors of desire illuminating similar offer ideas I want to bring into the world? So here, I want you to list three to five creative offer inspirations. Um, and when I was thinking through this question, there are uh, one, two, three, four people that came up for me. Uh, immediately, there's many more, but four people that came up for me uh, were Jamila Reddy. Uh, Jamila has so many um, amazing resources uh, around breath work and meditation and life design and boundaries and how to let go, right? How to honor ourselves. Um, Sonia Renee Taylor um, and all of their work and offers around radical self-love come to mind. So maybe five people. There are so many people, obviously Black feminists come to mind. Um, the other person that, the other like creative practitioner that comes to mind is Marley Grace is what their platform is called. Uh, they go by Mar, uh, and they have inspired so much of my practice around, uh, the newsletter around, um, thinking about our different offers as containers and our creative ecosystem and how we, how we be, how we become like really thoughtful and intentional stewards of that, um, through them, I came across someone named Bear um, Herbert or uh, Herbert. Uh, they go by Bear Coaches, I believe, on either Instagram or their website. Uh, and they host something called like the Radical Business Incubator. Uh, and then, of course, 
I mean, I'm thinking always about infinite, like infinitely, infinitely uh, to infinity and beyond inspired by uh, the Des Davis, the rich witch. Um, and I have, I got an exposure to their work through like different podcast interviews they've done, but then also, um, the boot camp that they did, the rich, witch boot camp that they did through the feminist center of creative work, uh, a program organized, uh, by Mandy Harris Williams. Um, and so for me, these four or five folks their practices are affirmations for me, right? They are mirrors of my desire. Um, so I wanna ask you like, who are your like, uh, like quote unquote, like value validators or folks who have that like validated that there are other folks, that there are groups and cohorts of people who are interested in the, the like similar types of offers that you are interested in releasing and creating. Um, and if you can't point to folks with offers similar to the one that you want to release, it is not necessarily a red flag, but it is a yellow one. It is a yellow one. It should give you a little bit of pause. You may want to like think critically, okay, like what, um, you know, are there any, are there any folks I can point to who are, who are doing something similar to me and have like kind of uh, like, uh, been like that can serve as like these validators or evidence in our creative marketplace and our creative ecosystem. Um, so just simmer, simmer on that and see if you can name some folks. If you can name some folks, that's a great sign. It's definitely a green flag. Um, so now that we've gone through the questionnaire, I want to offer um, kind of like a tip and a strategy for how you can use it. So if you're kind of struggling through this, if this is feeling a little overwhelming for you, a tip that I like to always pull on is using kind of like time as a collaborator. So set a two minute timer and free write for each question. Just set a two minute timer and free write until the buzzer goes off and just see what comes up, right? Do not overthink it. Use your body as a technology for channeling the wisdom of your deep desire and intuition. Right? We can trust that. Set a timer, lose the overthinker, right? And pull data from your body and trust what arises. So that's a tip. And a strategy and how do how we how we use this questionnaire once we've like kind of like did some free writing inside of um the space in the PDF for your answers. Um what you're going to want to do is meditate on the intersection, the overlap of these four responses. Because your creative idea, your creative uh, offer, your creative offer idea is nestled in the intersection of the, the these four responses, these four reflections. Right? And for me, that looks like the Cedar World Retreat. My intersection, my overlap, of these four responses, like for me, materialized in the Cedar World Retreat. And inside of the Cedar World Retreat in week three, we actually go over, week three is completely dedicated to going over more ways for locating your offer idea. 
Um, week three, we actually make a decision for what your offer is going to be so that we can, you know, spend the next six weeks inside the retreat workshopping it, right? Developing your story and, and your, like, your communication around it. Um, creating your, your sales strategy around it and your list building strategy around it, right? And, and, and your strategy around launching it, right? But we have to, in week three, you know, after we like root in our desire, after we kind of do an ecosystem, creative ecosystem audit and, and map out our creative ecosystem, in week three, we locate your creative offer. That is kind of going to be the vehicle, the portal, the like, uh, the, um, the like alchemical collaborator that allows us to divest from systems that no longer serve us. So I'm gonna I wanna end this podcast, this mini podcast workshop with a hug. A big, 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 big old hug. Right? Because now you might be listening to this and thinking, but Ayana, based on my intersection or based on my intersecting answers, my offer idea is just way too niche. No one will buy it. No one is interested in this. Like, there's no way that my like creative desires and my values can actually materialize in something that can take care of me financially. <laughs> right? You know, no one's going to buy it or maybe 10 or 30 or even 50 or even 100 people may buy it, but then that's it. Right? And this is a trap I hear and see often. Even I have fallen into it. Right, This trap looks like believing that the potential of our offer is only as big and wide as the people we know, <laughs> right? Which is actually, you know, our, our limited, we have like a limited knowledge of um, our corner of the world, right? Just like we can take comfort in knowing we'll never know everything, right? Just like we can take comfort in knowing we'll never have all the answers. We can also take comfort in we just don't know all of the people who are going to benefit from our offer. We don't know their names yet, and we can't possibly know their names yet. And we can take comfort in that. That can actually be like a motivating factor for our devotion inside of our creative practice, right? That it's going to touch people whose names we don't even know yet, right? But first, we have to release ourselves of the trap right? Of like, once all my internet friends buy it, interest will fizzle, right? Interest is just going to fizzle out, right? I'm here to tell you that you, or I'm here to tell you that your offer, our offer potential is limitless. This, lim this limiting belief is trying to protect you from disappointment, right? Protect us from disappointment. But we don't need our fear to protect us. We actually need strategies that empower our courage. We need strategies that ignite and inform our courage. Right? The last question asks you to point to people or creative practices who have offers similar to the ones we're interested in creating. Right? And this communal evidence doesn't mean that there isn't any more room for you. Right? That may be something that popped up in, in, in your head a little bit. Right? Quite the opposite is true. It proves that there's a market for what you want to offer. There are communities of folks who are waiting for it. 
right? So let's try our very best. Let's try our best to always remember to align our belief systems with the most abundant outcomes, the most abundant possibilities. That's what we're aligning ourselves with, right? Because the right, the worst thing about limiting beliefs is we get to keep them. We're not interested in keeping those. We're interested in keeping the most abundant belief systems. And I know it's hard. Trust me, friend, I know, I know, I know. I'm with you and I know. But abundance is the truth. Even in the darkest hours, abundance is the truth. And we could just literally go outside, visit our local forest, visit our local coastline, visit our local wetland, right? And have a mirror of abundance reflected right back at us. If Unless we forget, <laughs> right? So abundance is the actual truth. How do we orient around that truth? So just a, a little closing question for you, a little closing affirmation. What does aligning our belief system with the most abundant outcomes look like in this case, right? Look like in the case of your creative offer. It might look like believing there are people we have never met with names we don't know yet who are waiting for our creative offer. I'm going to repeat that. From now on, we are choosing to believe there are people we have never met with names we don't know yet who are waiting for our creative offer. And I have proof, right? If you're not in the Cedar World Retreat or if we have never met, then, then I'm talking to you. I don't know your name yet, but I know that um, that that like we're we're having a connection right now by virtue of the courage and the love that I decided to show up into, like in inside of today, right? So let this exchange be the proof that 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 statement is true. That 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 there are people we have never met with names we don't know yet, who are waiting on our creative offer. Let that be the boy, the courage that you need to finally release it. So I hope this was helpful, y'all. Um, the best way to support this podcast is by rating and reviewing it. It will always, 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 always be free. Um, but if you have the financial capacity, uh, please do consider becoming a paid subscriber at $5 a month through um, cdaschool.substack.com. Um, again, all of the links to um, the Audre Lorde questionnaire and the creative offer questionnaire to oneself uh, is going to be in the show notes. So feel free to use this tool as you work through uh, what generosity you may bless us with um, in this year and the new year. All right, y'all. Until next time, so be it, see to it, breathe. <laughs>
through it.